felt like a DJ. Trilogy, really, a musical trilogy that I'm doing in D minor, which I always find is really the saddest of all keys. Really, I don't know why, but it makes people weep instantly to play a. It's a horn It's very pretty. You know, just simple lines intertwining. You know, very much like I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach, and it's sort of in between though. It's really, it's like a Mach piece, really. It's, what do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, Lick My Love Pump. the night fly and Dave Juskow here with you today. Be prepared to be confused, amazed, and maybe even confounded when the day is done because this show is a crazy one. Another show, another year, and the relevance, the relevance is clear for all of you who have wanted to live the dream but have been afraid to split the scene. But what does that all mean? So take a quick bow because it all starts right now. everybody, welcome to the Nightfly with Dave Juskow, another brilliant podcast, uh, tripping over my opening monologue, as I often do, because I can't, even though it's typed up, I, I just have trouble with words, I'm, I'm an idiot. Relevance, revelance. Anyway, we are here today on this uh, beautiful day in January, no longer is it cold, it is uh, nice and cozy out, and that's because global web warming is a thing, and uh, we are all part of it. So... Today, very interesting show. I am here with a guest, a surprise guest who I just asked to come by today because you are going to find, all of you will find this very fascinating. Uh, let me introduce to you, and I, I, the only reason I know I'm not pronouncing your last name right is because I finally heard it today in the voicemail, and I'm like, oh my God, I have it totally wrong. But uh, this is my friend Tana from my office. Tana, Tana Mahal. How do you say it? Tan Lamai. Oh, see, I'd never, I would have said Tana Tan Lami. That's what I've been calling you like for salami. 10 years. Nice. How long have you been at the office? It's almost six years now. Pull the mic closer to you so you make sure that, you know, we hear everything. Hello. Okay. Yeah, and talk yeah. directly into the microphone. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, you know, because I have a lot of guests who don't get it, like you right now. You don't seem to get that I need you to talk into the mic. Pick the mic up it's and put it. I'm telling you this for a reason, folks. I'm not being mean to her. <laughs> I'm telling you this for a reason because put I, I'm going to tell you. Up. Put, okay. put it up so it's directly into your mouth. You see the way I am? This is a talking picture. You see, notice how the words come out of my mouth. Prefer, you know, see, you have no idea what I'm doing. But why would you? That's from singing in the rain. That's not your fault. <laughs> um, okay, Tana Tana, what? 
Pan what? Tanlamai. Tanlamai. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Tana is Asian, of Asian descent, works at my office. She is an attorney. Uh, we've had David Schechter on the show before. Yes, Now, I neither heard. of you are going to be here anymore. And you're ready for this, everybody. Now, Tana, Tanlamai, huh? What is it again? Oh, my goodness. I, like I said, I just <laughs> heard it for the first day when you pronounced it. Just I, Tana is fine. Okay. Um, but what is it again? Because it's Tanlamai. pretty. Tanlamai. Oh. What are you? What Asian nationality are you? Thai. Oh, Thai. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought, um, I don't know what the hell I thought you were, actually. I thought, thought maybe you were uh, Korean no. or something. D- David mistook me for another Asian person for like the first six months I was me? there. Yeah. I did? <laughs> Even though my name showed up on caller ID. Who did I think you were? <laughs> you thought I was Mary. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, no, you I did. did not. And there was another one, Emily. I often oh, I hated her. <laughs> no, she was fat. Um, sorry. Wow. Um no, I don't think I messed you up with Mary. I, I, maybe I did. Listen, it's a fact. Listen, we just walked, folks, you know that the doggy daycare center is downstairs. We just walked by. The girl from the doggy daycare center goes, oh, was that just Esther Koo walking by? She goes, is that girl from Girl Code? I knew she was talking about <laughs> Esther Koo. It's so funny. Because then the weird part is she doesn't even know that I've had Esther Koo over my house. You know, like it's just weird that she would mention Esther Koo, who I talked to about. Let me get, let's just get right down to it. Let's. Tell everybody why you're here. Why would I invite another attorney on the show? Everybody knows I have a job at a law firm. David is my new boss. So yes. that's, that's what's exciting about it. I'm pretty excited. David's not so excited. I'm no, no, excited. No, no, I'm excited. Everybody's excited for you, but this is weird. Folks, Tana just quit on Tuesday <laughs> and told everybody the reason she's quitting. And she told me this a month ago, and I, didn't, I made fun of her because I thought for sure she was joking. She quit the job. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at her now because I can't even believe that I'm going to say this. To become a stand-up comedian. I am not joking you. I can't even... I, nobody knows what to say. You have shocked the firm. She did... Unto, she goes, I, we have to have lunch. I have to pick your brain. You have to be my new boss. There's all this stuff. And then on Tuesday, I'm like, okay, we'll have lunch on Tuesday. Tuesday, she comes to my desk. And I'm, like, I'm like, are you ready? She goes, I just quit. And I'm like, you just quit? We didn't even get to have a conversation. When was the last time you did comedy? She goes, I've never done comedy. I'm like, oh, well, well, did you take a class? No, I haven't done anything. I'm like, and then today I go, I want you to do the podcast. She goes, what, what's a podcast? That's not even an exaggeration. And I'm like, well, you mean after talking to a microphone? I, it's like a joke. It's like, it's like, everybody's like, if you're doing this as a big grand bit and you're going to come back later and get your job back and do it, then you will be the master of comedy. It's a fact. But this is crazy. <laughs> and here's the caveat, folks. Donna just had a baby. <laughs> it, she's out of her mind. It might be the hormones. <laughs> I, I've never seen... I mean, to, to just have a baby and then say I'm quitting my job and doing comedy, I've never heard this before. I know. My husband's really stressed out about it. Your husband's a white boy, a very tall white man. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm always fascinated by... I always talk about... Living up to stereotype. Like I just don't, I don't, nobody understands what you're doing. I, you know, I know, I know, and I agree, but you got to start somewhere, right? Go big or go home, but right? But where is this coming from? Now, how long have you worked at the firm? Oh, about six years, So we've known years? each other for six years, and many times we've had conversations in your office. You told me when you were getting engaged. We've talked about stuff, mostly when I come up to... 
uh, ask you if you want to be in the Super Bowl box or the uh, you know stuff, and then we'll have a conversation. Which is the only reason I like running those. I hate running those pools because I always lose money and it's annoying. But the reason I like it is because I get to talk to everybody, and you just sit down and we have a conversation, which is nice. You're a very friendly person. You're very nice. But not once have you ever said, you know what I really like to do <laughs> is stand up comedy. I'm fascinated in that. Can you tell me more? Until yesterday, when you quit already. That's fair. That's, that's I fair. mean, can I, would you mind if I tell, t- she's over 30, she's not a millennial, I, I don't, where I, is this the, coming from? I, the, okay, okay, the slight midlife crisis, I admit, but you Well, know, you're not that old enough for a midlife crisis it's, either. It's, it's like a new year, I was thinking, you know, if I'm getting older, like, do, you know, if an asteroid hit Earth, if we're bombed by North Korea tomorrow... Why? Are you, do just, you know something? Because you are Asian. Oh, <laughs> I knew sorry, it sorry. <laughs> I knew you This is comedy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I got to take notes on this. Yeah, you really should. But like, you know, if I, do, if I don't do something, I've always lived my life kind of, on, you know, doing things inside the box. And I felt like if I don't do something outside the box, when am I going to have time to do it? Because it's hard. You know, you, when you're working on a job, you can't, there's very little time to do anything. I go home and I'm exhausted. It's true. I mean, I, I get it. Well, I'm just fixing with the levels. I get it. I mean, I've been that way my whole life. And we talked about this at lunch the other day that, you know, for so many years, and I've heard this from everybody, not just girls. I mean, for instance, I used to know a girl that worked. She was a comedian. She still is a comedian. But she used to work at Scores, which was across the street, which was, do you know what Scores is? Nope. You're going to have a lot of trouble in comedy. Um, <laughs> I have Scores a lot is a legendary strip club that was down the street where that was a very well-known strip club, the hottest strip club in the day here in the city about 15, 20 years ago. Now it's something else. It's still a strip club, but it's something else. And she used to work there as a massage girl. She didn't take off her top or anything. She just you know, used to walk around, make a lot of money, just giving guy massages on their uh, shoulders. And you get like 20 bucks a massage. She would walk out of there on a daily basis with $600 cash for eight hours of work. And she'd work four or five days a week. Wow. A lot of money. That is. Yeah, annoying, but making a lot of money. And she was able... So she's like, I got to quit my job because I don't have time to do comedy. She might have only worked three days a week. And she's like, I got to quit my job because I don't have time to do comedy. Which, meanwhile, she had nothing but time to do comedy. That's the weird part. But she was using... You know, everybody uses that as an excuse. So I would do it too. I'd be like, I got to get out of my job. But meanwhile, then I realized I don't need to leave my job. I'm making excuses. There's plenty of time to do comedy. I'm, it's all excuses. I hear that. I hear that. But no, <laughs> there's no time. Not, not, not for working for a law firm. And, you know, it's, it's Well, that's true. You're, you're, you have a career. I just had a job. The two of us, the story I just told you, that these are just jobs. You have a career. And that is different. But I've never seen the extreme of just quitting like that. Now, <laughs> everybody has many questions. But I'm but gonna open up to the callers. I'm just kidding. There are, no, no she was so nervous that it was live. Tana, I don't know what you're gonna do. You were nervous that That's, this was live. This you don't know how to talk into a microphone. I mean, you're doing fine now, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, you've never tried stand-up. What is it that makes you think that you're even funny? I mean, you're a very I, I, polite person. I hear you. But now I got All Asian here. people aren't funny, no, by I the got, way. I know. In fact, most of them are not. But I have a lot of problems with Asian boys. Oh, uh, really? Well, not because of comedy, just sexually. I'm kidding. That's so I, again, no, I, I, have, I hate <laughs> Asian boys. I, they think they're hilarious. Do you remember that kid, David Y. Park, that used to be at our office? He was funny. I, 
See, you have no idea about comedy. He was so not funny, but he used to think he was funnier than me, and there are lots of people that are funnier than me, but he wasn't, and no Asian guy is funnier than me. See, this is, this is perfect, because now we could do a whole... We have all this material, so... The, Someone who knows nothing about comedy being taught by like someone who knows a lot about comedy. Uh, there you go. There's a show right there. But genius. if you know it's nothing about genius. comedy, what is it that makes you think you can be a successful stand-up comedian? I like to laugh. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> Do you like to laugh? But why stand-up comedy? Like, why didn't you say, I'd like to be a writer? I'd like okay. to be on a sitcom. I want to be a movie star. It, we can even accept that. Admittedly, this wasn't a fully baked idea. But, you know. But you just quit your job. A I, very And, folks, I'm sorry. I left out the part. She just got a promotion on January 1st. I, I, a very high-paying promotion. I, I almost a partner at the firm. I do feel, I do feel bad about that. I and now everybody's coming to me. The managing partner came to me and said, what did you say to her? You, that's not really? I swear to God, it's just like when Susie Boodle not. tried to choke me at the, uh, when the HR woman tried to choke me at the Christmas party and they were like blaming me. Like, what did you say to her? <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Because you keep telling everybody I'm your new boss. So they're, they're all blaming me. Like I did something to like, be like, Tana, I'm telling you, I can make this work for you. I mean, I wish I could. I can help you along the way, and I don't mind helping you. And, and it is far beyond me so at this far. point. All Wait. the people I've told were never going to make it. There's no way I'm going to say anything. So but far, I like the is... homework assignments. You're telling, you're telling me I need to watch. I have to watch a lot more comedy shows. Well, I have to go to strip clubs. No, I, I didn't to... say strip yeah, clubs. <laughs> I said the comic strip. <laughs> the, the, so far, this no. I said is the Gaza Strip. Than doing. Uh, I said you got to hang out at the Gaza Strip stuff. and see what's going on there and get material. But Again, I'm kidding. You know that, right? I, I don't want you going to the Gaza Strip. <laughs> so I, I, th- I this will be good. I mean, because also, like, I feel like you he- you have all these, like, you know, you hear all these inspirational stories about people who quit their jobs and, like, go live in, like, minivans yes, to and write travel a book or something. Not to chicken do and, you know, like, do all the, They move to North but, Dakota but, but, and but go but to those mini houses and live on the land. But, but they have a plan. Have you a don't have a plan. You just say, I want to try stand-up without work after quitting your job. (laughs) You'd figure maybe you'd take a year of the new raise you got, you know, stock up some cash and try stand-up. And by March, if you really found you loved it, then you'd quit. Uh, Okay, I'd give myself 10 months before I actually will end up homeless. But by then, you know. But why not give yourself 10 months while you have a job? Because it's so it's so hard to do things while you have. You do work for a horrible Asian boss who doesn't give you a, a a breath of air. Now maybe that sounds racist, but I mean we're talking about you know Mary's crazy and she does keep you you know the <laughs> girls you work for the women you work for at the work, office are insane. For, no, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I won't mention not, their names. But. I'm I am I am still I'm still at my job for another month. The so. um the women at our office who are partners are um hard to are work very for. Very nice people. Very nice. <laughs> But hard to work for because, you know, years ago before women became partners, I mean, I was there when there were no women partners at the firm. Years ago when, it, you know, it's getting a little better, a little better now, you know, especially now for women in the workplace. But they used to have, you know, uh, women sometimes would be horrible to work for because they would have more to prove. And it was difficult. I worked for a lot of women, uh, you know, in the 80s too. And they would be very difficult to work for because they, did, they definitely had something to prove can't blame them you know they had more to prove than a man who floats especially a white man who just you know kind of gets by now it's much harder for us Uh, i consider myself a white man by the way and no longer a jew (laughs) 
Because I, I was so happy when I got older, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And now everybody hates white people. I mean, this is horrible. I, I have to admit, Donald I was, Trump ruined everything. I was a little nervous <laughs> coming here. I was like, if I walk in, I hope David's not in the bathroom, because that would be real. Oh, awkward. my God. I didn't even think about that. I know. I should. Do you want to watch me take a shower? Can I? No, I'm just because I can help you in comedy. You think I'm being serious, right? You. This is a mess. You're not even getting the material. You just brought it up. I was riffing on what you were saying. What? And you thought I was actually asking if I would oh, want to watch me take a shower? How are you going to yeah. be in comedy? It's getting hot. Yeah, we really should open that window. It is open. Are you hot? I'm okay. Well, just deal with it. Now, listen. I'm going to I'm going to just blatantly ask you this question. I don't think you're going to answer, but I'm nervous. Is it possible? Because this is insane that you have some form of postpartum depression <laughs> from having that baby <laughs> that is making you psychologically completely crazy. <laughs> you have no plan. All right, let's do a... I didn't even let you answer the question because obviously you're going to say, no, that's not it. That's not it. I you do. have a brand new... It's not even a year old. But the ink my- on your divorce isn't even dry. That's from The Godfather too. We do it all the time here at the podcast. I know. I still need to watch The Godfather. Uh. See, again, it's another part of the homework. Well, Tana, Which here, I'll have here's more the time thing. to here's, do here's once, the, yes. once, well, once uh, I have no job. Okay, here's the thing. I'm, uh, there's a couple things we're going to go through today. Oh, God. You have to understand, if you're getting into comedy, it's very important. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Now, if you were 22, I would say maybe I don't know what I'm talking about because maybe I don't know how it is anymore. I'm too old to figure out the new way of doing comedy. Now, I told you yesterday, I said, you know, years ago when I started, you needed to be doing stand-up for seven years before you actually had a set. In the late 90s, you basically needed to be doing it for six months so you could get your own TV show. You know, so it always... Uh, escalates and then I was just making sure we were recording (laughs) sometimes I get panic you know I am Jewish still no matter what anybody says (laughs) Um, so uh, but nowadays you know I don't know what it takes to be a successful comic so I have no idea the only thing I can assume from the 22 to 24 year old women and men that I've met that do comedy is that they all seem to know about the classic movies and they know about comedians. You know none of this. Now, I just played a clip up front from a movie that every comedian knows, maybe not when you're 22, but definitely if you're over 32, if you want to get into comedy, you should know. Now, you had no idea what that clip was from, do you? Um... And it is an epic movie that anybody that's in comedy or especially music has to see. Monty Python? No, <laughs> not even close. They were doing British accents, but they're American. It's uh, called This is Spinal Tap. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. I'll, I'll add it onto the list of homework assignments. Well, the thing is, I have a list. I just took a, somebody's list. It's this guy, John Wenzel. He's a writer for the Denver Post. He seems pretty cool in the sense of I agree with his list of the top 20 comedy films of all time. His list. A personal list. But I agree with a lot of it. He's got the classics that are kind of must-watching if you're going to get into some form of comedy, whether it be stand-up or writing. I have a feeling you don't even know any of these films on this list. Wait a second. I want to see this No, list. no, I'm going to read it to you. Oh, okay. I'm going to start off with a classic that everybody knows, which is number 20. Now, remember, this is a, you know, this is not my list. This is somebody else's list, 
and it made sense. Number 20 is called Office Space. I've seen that. All right. Now, that's that. required oh. viewing. Oh, I just want to say, and see, see, I, I, isn't there a scene in Office Space where they, like, totally trash the office equipment? No. Yes, I'm kidding. There is. So, so for Christmas, I got my husband this, like, uh, are we going to go to this place called a Wrecking Club? And you literally, you, you, you buy, like, uh, uh, dishes and, like, I don't know, TVs and stuff, like junk stuff, and they give you a bat, and you got to smash it. Wait, really? Yeah. Wait, where is this? Uh, I need to go club. to that immediately. I know. Wait, wait, it's here in the city? Yeah. The Wrecking Club? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. How much yeah, does it yeah, cost? Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I don't. I bought, like, the Office Deluxe for, like, 80 bucks. It's like you get, bucks? Set, you get a printer. You get a bat, and, and you, you can just... steal bat. Can you go in there drunk? I don't, I don't know. But they give you goggles really and everything. And they just put you in a room and yes, you can just smash whatever you want? That's exactly what it's supposed to do. You it's did it with him? I'm, I know. We're doing it in like next month. Oh, you haven't done it yet? No, I got reservations for it. Why? Is it somebody's birthday? It was for Christmas. Oh. Because, you know. How I did got, you hear about this? I don't know. I read about it somewhere. You sure else. it's a baseball bat and not a, a an axe bat. or something? I don't, I, don't think think it's an, I don't think it's an axe. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I know. Well, you know, you're the one that told me about Escape the Room. I like doing fun stuff. Yeah. I just don't have time to do and fun stuff. But great. I have like, lots of time to do fun stuff, but no money to do fun stuff. So that'll be, that's, that's, that's the kicker. So your husband doesn't make a lot of money, huh? Oh, See, no. there's, a, there's a, a rumor that he, yeah, that's what I heard. This is really I thought he was like, a, fault, actually. like uh, it this is? whole, yes. I mean, because he's not more rich. <laughs> that's his fault. <laughs> <or>? <laughs> I wouldn't have to do this work if he was like a Kennedy or, you know. Oh, so you are uh, see, now that's a, funny. It's not. Uh, All right. Now, see, that's something really you can use on fault. stage. That's He's, hilarious. You know, so. That's hilarious. You can blame your husband for a bunch of stuff. That's good. It's not. It's not. It's true. Is that something you would say on stage? Because that's Why hilarious. Not? It's true. Yeah, I know it's true. I'm saying it's this material that you could do on stage. Yes, I, I think so. You think so? You tell me if it's Well, you material. tell me. What was your plan to do on stage? Hi, everybody. I'm Asian. <laughs> Look at me. I talk normal. I don't, you know, I don't know. Remember I talked about that girl, Esther Koo. And she goes out saying, hello, everyone. I want to, I, wait, I got a clip. I got a clip. She's, um, where is it? Uh, what did I call it? Uh, stand-up comedy, right? Um, yeah. This, this is her stand-up. Uh, and she doesn't talk like this. What's your name? Uh, Hugh. Hugh. Cool. Oh, that's the actual. a Hugh before. <laughs> oh, that laugh is horrible. <laughs> Hugh, have you ever had? Um, she's not doing the. Uh, she's not doing the Chinese. The. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, you. I don't know how to speak English. That's the way sometimes she offers. It's uh, just her uh, regular. Uh, stand on there. the reg. Yeah, you know, during that time of the month. No. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? <laughs> That's her. Yeah. Are you going to be able to do stuff like that, like where she's talking about having her period and stuff? I don't see that happening. I could try. You don't, I don't need to. I'm just asking you. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was uh, where she was doing the voice or something like that, but because that's what a lot of times she opens the show pretending that she talks like that, which is kind of funny. Well, when I get when I get in trouble at work, when they're like, you know, this draft thing, uh, and I'll be like, you know, it's really hard when English is your second language. It's a good idea like, actually. Uh. If you start bombing, you yeah, you should just be like, yeah, I don't know. Cause <laughs> exactly. This happened to me at the Gap before, where uh, this woman, my credit card didn't go through, and then all of a sudden she didn't speak English. She spoke perfect English up until it goes through, and then she was like embarrassed for me. She goes, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> which was very smart. It's a nice fallback, you know. Um, so you're, but your husband, so he, he's a journalist for what, what is a paper? Or Newsday. Like, oh, Newsday? Yeah. Oh, out God. They Island, don't, yeah, that's, they don't even have that paper here. Uh, wow. Yeah, so, so he's do you, does he come from money? No. Do you? No. What are you doing? I know. And now you got a baby. I know. 
I Can you just also know. buy an apartment? I, I, this is that, the oddest of timing. I know, I, that's I why know. I think you're Andy kaufman it up and you're like having this <laughs> exclusive joke. I know. Well, well, Do you know who Andy Kaufman is? No. Oh, boy. Oh. Go on. Wait, can, who is so who? I'm not, I, I'll tell you later. The, the, admittedly, the mortgage is going to be a bit of a problem. But see, <laughs> I, you know, you know. My my parents were like, you gotta buy the you gotta buy an apartment you gotta buy an apartment, which is important for them because they were like they came you know they they came here from Thailand and uh, they were like it's important, go. you know. And now now I'm stuck with this mortgage and it's like oh stuck with it, you're gonna live there, aren't you? Yes. It's only stuck with it if you're not living there. That I think <laughs> like if you have to move somewhere <laughs> else. Oh, now I'm stuck with this mortgage. <laughs> you are gonna live. It's a nice place, right? I mean, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You are funny. <laughs> So far, I'm one for one on the movie thing. So I, I think I'm pretty good. All right, all right. Uh, how about Clueless? My I've favorite Clueless, movie of I all time. Clueless. All right, good. I see. That's why I got, like this guy's list that he put Clueless on there because it is a classic comedy. It is a classic. Uh, what about Rushmore? I didn't like the movie, but I can see why it would be on the list. It's a Wes, not Wes Craven. That's the <gasps> no. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yes, you no, know him. Yeah, actually. The first it's take. one of his first movies. I no, one of his wasn't it like um, what's that movie? Meet the Tenenbaums. Well, this is before this. This is before Meet the Tenenbaums. Meet the Tenenbaums was like the worst movie. Yeah, I don't like any of his movies. They the don't work for me, the but they work for others movie. apparently. What about Anchorman? I've not seen Anchorman. But you've heard of it. Yes. I'm okay if you've heard of these movies too. I by like the Will way. Ferrell. Okay, good that you knew he was in it. This is good. What about <laughs> Wayne's World. Yes, I've seen Wayne's World. Okay. I've seen all three. Three. Two. Two. What about Pee-wee's Big Adventure? No, I've not seen that. Now that's I've okay not to see, but you've heard of Pee-wee of Herman. Uh, by the way, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is awesome. It's amazing. It completely holds up, which is odd because um, it's from like 1985. Is but that it's the also in the circus. No, that's Big Top Pee-wee. That's a horrible film. <laughs> this is called Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's really funny, um, and it's directed by Tim Burton. It's his first film. Before he did everything else, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, all that. The night before, night I before did not Christmas. Know that. Okay. It's uh, so it's fun because it's him, you know, and it's uh, it's before he got really weird, okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, Ghostbusters, the original. I try, but it's scary. I don't like scary movies. Go- Ghostbusters. It is kind of scary. It's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. I'll let that go because I guess when it came out, you were very young. So uh, okay. Uh, then he has, on this list, he has Bringing Up Baby, which is from like the 40s, so I don't expect you to see Actually, that. Actually, I have seen that. No, that you have it with Catherine Hepburn and, and Cary Grant? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I never would have thought you'd seen that yeah, one. Yeah, I like black and white movies. Oh, well, that's good for you. Uh, the Great Dictator? Have you heard of that? Oh, yes. I've s- You've no, seen it? Wait, wait. Not the, the Barat not the one. Dictator. No, that, no, no, I've no. not seen The Great okay, Dictator. Okay, this is with Charlie Chaplin. No. Uh, it's a very important film. It doesn't, you know, it's might be unwatchable now but it's an important film in the sense of for comedy purposes because here was a legendary comedian a film star who took a chance um you know investing his own money and playing and a very unpopular you know playing adolf hitler pretty a guy that looks just like adolf and taking (laughs) a chance to make a comedy about something that was going on at the time especially a jew to do that uh, very risky, and that's what made him kind of a, you know, I mean, if he already was a living legend in comedy, 
and silent films and stuff, this made him a, a legend, you know, like that you realized he was kind of a genius, whether you like it or not. Right, right, uh, right, right It was right, right. balls to the walls to make at that time. It's was not he like, already famous? He was already famous. Yeah, yeah, he was already uh, Charlie Chaplin and yeah, 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 known, yeah. and, you know, this was 20 years after he was already famous. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, he made the transition from silent to talkies and, yeah, and just balls and guts <laughs> to make a film like that when it's happening. Like when I, one of my favorite shows, I don't know if you ever heard about it, it's called Hogan's Heroes. And it's uh, from the 60s. And it's, it's a brilliant show that is about uh, a POW camp in uh, Nazi Germany. It's a comedy. Okay. TV series. I'll take your word yeah, for it. Yeah, it's fantastic. And they, they are put there by the U.S. Army uh, to spy on the Germans. So the Germans are real stupid. And they, the Nazis, they don't think they can escape because they think they're dumb. But they can escape anytime they want. They have hidden tunnels. They, got, like, they, they have all the stuff in the general's office and stuff like where they can hear what he's talking about and everything. It's brilliant. And the Nazis are stupid. you know, And they always get blown up in the end. That's what makes it so brilliant is a lot of the episodes end with the Nazi getting blown up in his car and then they just shake hands and be like, thank you, Hogan. You know, like the Germans like thanking him. Like, So it's crazy, but they made that 20 years after World War II. Still balls, but they made it after. This guy was making it during World War II. Very impressive. You know, wow. either way, still all, you know, interesting. This is the kind of stuff you, you know, you need to learn because there's different kinds of comedy. This is my, th you know, I just want somebody who's going to do stand-up to be a kind of a student of, of comedy. Right, you know, that's what right, you, right, right, you right. hope for, and that's where you, you can, you know, pick from. Um, have you ever seen Airplane? Yes, a I legendary have. comedy, I have. right? Good, I did. Good. I did. Uh, have you ever seen The Jerk? With Steve Martin, Steve no. Steve Martin, But yes. I know what it is. Good, good. No, that's okay. <laughs> I can understand not seeing them. You're, you know, you're younger, so it's, I get it. Uh, this is something I've never seen. I've never wanted to, and everybody swears by it. It's called Raising Arizona with Nicolas Cage, the Cone Brothers. No. I, I don't like the Cone Brothers, so I think that's them. I've not seen Then that. this is Spinal Tap is number eight. Okay, sorry. It's a very important piece. <laughs> Caddyshack? No, but I, 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 I... That's not the... That's about golf, right? Yeah, with okay. Rodney Dangerfield. And Do you know who Rodney Dangerfield yes. is? Yes, he was in Ladybugs. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> uh, how about Annie Hall? Annie Hall. Yeah. Yes. With uh, Woody Allen Excellent. and Excellent. Diane Keaton. Excellent. And they have that lobster Have scene. you seen the movie? Yes. Okay, because that's very important. Because he's a stand-up comedian in the movie. Yes. So for guys my age, that movie meant everything to us. That is a great movie. Because not only is he brilliantly funny, the writing in that movie is amazing. And it's not just the writing of the script, but think about, you know, I know the movie backwards and forwards as most comedian men do but when he is being a stand-up comic in the movie he also had to write those jokes and make them brilliant so they stand the test of time so he has brilliant lines where he's on this uh the dick cavett show as a stand-up comedian as his character and he's uh you know with another like an army guy and he has this line and he goes yeah they would not take me in the army you know and he's like why and he goes yeah i was known as 4p you know in case of war i'm a hostage you know big that funny line you know but you have to still write your your best stand up comedy lines for this movie so it always holds up and it's funny if you watch it 40 years later and that's Awesomeness, right, you know, right? right? I mean, so you're writing the movie and you're also writing stand-up. Remember, he has many scenes where he's performing at yeah, the yeah, yeah. University of Wisconsin or something. And, you know, he's doing a whole bit about his, you know, mother and, 
you know, taking Mahjong t- su- committing suicide on Mahjong tiles, you know, which I think you can appreciate being Asian. Thank you. Wow. Oh, comes back. <laughs> have you ever heard of Duck Soup? Yes, but I've not watched Who's it. Who's in that? The, wait, Zappo, like the... Close the, enough. The, the, the Marx Brothers. <laughs> Excellent. Marx Brothers. No, 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 I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased. With Harpo, Groucho. And then Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Now, I've never seen that movie. Oh! <gasps> And there are people probably listening to this podcast right now like, what the fuck is this guy talking about when he's never seen that? But I was never a Monty Python guy. I just don't care. But as a student of history of comedy, I should probably watch it now. Have you seen the movie? Yes, but it was many years ago. Yeah, that's okay. Well, everything is many years ago. He has some like it hot on here. I think that's the worst movie ever made. I never got that movie. That's one my parents used to tell me was the funniest movie of all time. And when I saw it, I'm like, this is a bag of crap. Is so that, I'm saying if I say the, to a millennial to watch, n- yes. Wait, is that the one where they dress up like, like girls? Yes. That's, wait, with John, well done. With John Lennon. And, uh, Not no, John no. Lennon, but well, well, <laughs> Jack Lennon. Jack hilarious, Lemon. though, if you uh, use Jack that on stage Lemon, again. Right? Jack Lemon. Yeah, Jack Lemon and, um, and Tony Curtis yes, and Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Right. I think that was funny. That was I great. hated it. Why? I think too many expectations. You know, everybody's parents uh, were always like, the funniest movie ever made something like it hot. Then, you know, remember that was made in the 50s, so I probably saw it in the 80s or 90s. But it's and, like one of the you know, first like, um, cross-dressing movies, I feel. Yes, just, not just that, but it was, you know, a, a, a first maybe action comedy, you know, ever made. <laughs> and I just hated it. I mean, I was just like, this sucks. And, you know, because too much expectations. Uh, so what I'm saying is if I say a movie like Spinal Tap and you're 22, maybe it doesn't work for you. If I'm telling you this is the funniest movie ever right, made. Right, 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 right. right. I, disagree. I would think anybody that doesn't like that is, an, is a true idiot. Like, I, I get certain things. I could understand not liking Airplane, maybe. You're like, that's stupid. I've seen it a hundred times. Not understanding that that was the first that did these kind of jokes like that. Yeah. Um, but if you don't like this as Spinal Tap or any hall, you're, you're a jackass. <laughs> uh, really, it's, it's, it's just too brilliant. Um, then he has on this one, Dr. Strangelove, which I can't sit oh, through. Oh, I like that. You that like it? Funny. Oh, good, good. These are a lot of old movies. You, well, the classics. Okay. That's See, what he's I, saying, I, yeah. I feel like I'm not too bad. I'm not doing too bad. No, you are, you're doing very well. And the number one classic comedy, according to this man, da, da, da. is Blazing Saddles. Have you ever seen that? I did. Good. I did. Wait, wait. Where, where did she go? <laughs> she go? Oh, God. Now I can't. Now, now I'm... I'm so about, tired. That's right. Madeline Kahn. So Excellent. Oh, good. You're doing really good. <laughs> I've seen that one. Yay! Well, that a was plus. pretty good. So good, see, because it's important to be a student of comedy because you're really coming from nowhere, like where you don't really know anything about comedy. What? No, that's well, just no, 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 that's that's just, that's good. But what I'm, I'm saying is, admi- if I'm sitting there watching show. Annie Hall as a 15-year-old boy or a 13-year-old boy, and I say, oh, my God, I, I, I don't know if I said I want to be a stand-up comedian, but I said right then and there, I, I need to do comedy. I need to do something in comedy with my life. It hasn't worked out for me, as you know. Otherwise, we wouldn't know each other. But <laughs> I'm saying, you know, I had a, an epiphany while watching this movie. Has that ever happened to you? I don't think it has. No. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Do you even watch stand-up specials that I made I you like, think? I, like, I really like those comedy central roasts. All right. Well, I guess and, that makes and sense. And Stephen Colbert and The Daily Show. Like, those are really funny. Jimmy Stewart. You know what yeah, I Yeah, but if they're Jimmy Stewart. John Stewart, sorry. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. You like Jimmy Stewart, you say. <laughs> now that's, I, I also like yeah. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, we were talking uh, black and white movies for a second. Well, I got confused. Uh, 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 
what, what's your favorite of my movies? Wow. No, it's a horrible Jimmy Stewart imitation. <laughs> <laughs> I just like doing it. Now, now, what what's the Christmas movie I do? Uh, with a, now I can't remember. What's the, what's the Christmas one, the famous one that uh, James Stewart's in? What's it's the, a wonderful yeah, life. Yeah, it's a wonderful life. What can't <laughs> I'm a horrible comic, too. So, yeah, that's why you come, everybody, my audience is going like, wait, what did she listen to this guy for? He got booed off stage last week. You know, like a, Not booed. last week, but I got booed off in Atlantic City when I opened for Artie. But I've been getting booed off my whole life. I'm used to it. So. <laughs> and let me tell you something. That first time, you know, the people are just going to be, they're going to be polite to you because you're a nice person. But let me tell you, you want to see sweats and diarrhea. You know, like I mean, <laughs> you're up there and you know you got time left, and everybody's just watch, looking at their watches and getting uncomfortable and maybe screaming stuff out. You'll know what pain is. That, that's when I go back to like, English is my second language. <laughs> I have a list of comedians. I'm going to ask if oh. you know of a couple of them. Oh. Uh, you told me you've heard of Richard Pryor, so that's something. See. Um, and do you know who Dave Chappelle is? Yes. Okay. Well, these are popular right now. And you've heard of Louis C.K.? Yes. Who hasn't at this point? I don't know. <laughs> um, you said you heard of Rodney Dangerfield. Makes me happy. Uh, I'm just looking at this as a list of top like 100 people. Okay. Do you know who David Tell is? No. He's my best friend. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we went to summer camp together. I was just kidding. He's not a comic. Oh. No, I'm kidding. He completely is. He's like the best comic in the country. No, I'm just confused. Uh, he's on my. Oh, by the way, everybody, him and Gilbert are coming on next week. So next week's podcast will be two of the best comedians. <laughs> no offense, I'm not saying you're the worst. You're just not a comedian yet. But yeah, so next week, Gilbert and Dave will be on. That ought to be very interesting. Right here in the podcast studios, <laughs> my apartment. Uh, have you heard of Jim Gaffigan? Yes, the Gaffigan Show. Okay, what about Don Rickles? No. No. It's not, Rickles sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. He's a legendary, I mean, this is the only way I can put it, he's a legendary insult comic, you know, nothing. Mm. He's really, really, he just died like two oh years no. ago, maybe a year ago. Um, how about Norm MacDonald? Yes. Zach Galifianakis? He does the KFC commercials yes, now. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Boy, you are, it's so funny what you know about the comics. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's really funny. No, he was on SNL. Yes, he was. Yes. Uh, do you know Zach Galifianakis? That's not the that's not the guy on Baywatch, is it? No, he's no. not funny. Zach Galifianakis? No, wait, my, I'm thinking of Zach Efron. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's not funny. He's very good looking. <laughs> sorry, no. Uh, was, I'm oh, wait, sure he, you know. You mentioned Will Fowler. You know it. Have you heard of Aziz Ansari? Oh, he's the best. Oh my God. He's the Get best. The he's right so now. funny. Uh, have you ever heard of? Chris Farley. Yes. Yeah, but that's, that, that doesn't he really count. Guy. He's not really a stand-up comic. All right, you know John Stewart, Sarah Silverman. Um, have you heard of Joan Rivers? Yes. Oh, I love Joan Rivers. I love the fashion police. I was so sad when she died. <laughs> Again, it's funny. Uh, every time you bring up something, it's like their worst work of what they, if you're a comic, they <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be known for. You know, it's, just, it's funny, though, the way you're saying it. Like, oh, no. oh, my God, I love her in the fashion police. It's like, um, like Andy Kindler in our world, I know you don't know who that is, and that's okay. But in our world, he's kind of a legend, uh, you know. But 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 a lot of people don't know who he is. But in the industry, you know who Andy Kindler is. He's very funny. He's been around for a long time. You're not expected to know him. Okay. Uh, but it's funny because a lot of young kids who come in, they're like, "Oh, the guy from Wizards of Waverly Place." 
because he like he, you know he had like a little stint on that show, but it's like an embarrassment also as a comic to you know be in, not for me. I like Dog with a Blog, but um, you know I mean I'd always wanted to be on that show. You don't know what that is, but that's okay. That means you're normal. Uh, you said you don't know who Andy Kaufman is, which is interesting. Have you ever heard of Cheech and Chong? No. Have you ever heard of David Cross? No. Uh, I think I mentioned to you Greg Giraldo, who you would not know because he's dead. Brian Regan. No. Okay, Brian Regan is a very, very, very great, legendary stand-up comic. Like, a stand-up comic that you should actually, if he has a special, you should watch. Okay. Brian Regan is actually one of the comics, I mean, I've known him for years, um, but when I used to be managed by Caroline's, do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. Um, so many times it's a headlining club and I'd be able to watch a lot of, uh, comics that even though I knew them, they would do full sets there and I would like be in awe of how good they were as stand-up comedians. You know, it's very difficult to master a, you know, a 45 to an hour minute set of just sitting up there by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it. But, you know, some people are really, really good at it. And Brian Regan is one of those guys. If you watch him, you may learn some stuff. You know, like I'm just saying, like I had seen this guy, Larry Miller, who you wouldn't know, but you might know him from movies and stuff. He's in Pretty Woman when they go to um, the, you don't know the movie Pretty Woman? I do Woman. know oh, what I'm When they go to the uh, thing where she, so remember she went back in the store, she goes, you should have, big mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when yeah, yeah. they go to the store where they're doing all the buying, he's yeah. the guy there like, sir, when you say obscene, you know, when you say you're going to spend a lot of money, how much are we uh, talking about? Yeah. He's a really enough. amazing yeah. comic and he's in a lot of movies. Oh, right, obscene, yeah. like, um, and we're going to need some kissing up. He's like, also, you're a very handsome man. Not yeah. me, you idiot. Um, yeah. But he was an amazing stand-up comic. Okay. The way he crafted a story and a joke was fascinating to watch if you're just starting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of those kind of people, and Brian Regan is one of those ones I recommend. Okay. If you're going to watch, like, on Netflix and start watching this kind of stuff. Um, have you ever heard of Russell Peters? No. I'm not saying he's the best, but he's a fascinating case study. Okay. Because Russell Peters, you, you wouldn't know. Now maybe more people know, but I'd say seven years ago, the Indian kid in our office, Vishnu, came up to me. He goes, can you get Russell Peters tickets? I'm like, I have no idea who that is. And if I don't know who they are, they don't exist. <laughs> because I know everybody. Right, right. And he goes, well, he's selling out Radio City Music Hall for two nights. And I'm like, what? So I did some research, and I find out that this guy is the most popular person on the planet, except here in this country. Everywhere else, this guy sells out stadiums, especially for Indian people. He does a lot of, like, Indian imitation. Oh, no, we're going to, you know, whatever. And, <laughs> but meanwhile, he's opening for, you know, Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General, at Caroline's, and nobody knows who he is. And they're like, get this guy off stage. We, we had just done Radio City in front of a packed crowd. Right, right, and then the next night, he was just opening for Jeff, which is still a good gig, but weird. That is, right? That is. Yeah, so, uh, but now people know because he's been on a couple of TV stuff and everything. Uh, do you know who Wanda Sykes is? Oh, yeah, she's on Blackish. Oh, yeah, she, I didn't know she was on that show, but she's, she's very good. She's very good. Yeah, she's also a very good stand up comic. Uh, Doug Stanhope, have you ever heard of him? No. Um, what about John Mulaney? Yes, he's funny. He's a really nice, he's like a really nice comic. Yeah, that's he's funny. like really nice. That is what I've heard as well. I don't know him 
very well. What about Amy Schumer? Have you ever heard of her? Everyone knows Amy Schumer. All right. I'm just checking. <laughs> I don't know about you, you know. Uh, what about Dennis Miller? No. When I said Gilbert Gottfried before, do you know who that is? He's the guy with the funny voice. Because funny voice of what? You're going to say Aladdin, aren't you? Or the Affleck commercials. Oh, this he is does so Affleck. funny. This is what you're uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, he's the guy in Aladdin. You know, you're not using them for like, oh, I love his comedy. I love what he, you know, like most people who want to get in comedy, you'd be like, oh, I love that joke that he does when he's on the, <laughs> you know. No, I didn't get everybody else's name. I get, what about, yeah, well, I guess that's about it. I think it. I'm doing pretty well. You actually. did pretty well. I, it's, I'm doing better than I thought I would do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but again, here we are, pretty much 45 minutes in. And we still don't understand what your plan is. But see, that's the—that's maybe like the. But your the plan in stand-up it. comedy, not your plan in making money. But your plan in stand-up. What is your plan? I know you want to take a class. I'm going to take a class. I'm going to work on material. I'm going to get a lot of input from you. What's your material? <laughs> you know, my my <laughs> listeners, they know I'm like horrible. Like they're like, oh my god, she's doomed. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, I. Will help you whenever I can, but I, I'm just I, again. I'm just trying to reiterate to you, this is a this is not going to be a lot of laughs. You know, it there's will, a lot of hanging be, around. That that that's difficult. I you have to sit and watch other stand-ups perform when you're at open mic fun. nights. Oh, wait till you see how much it that'll isn't. Be fun? No, 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 I like listening to jokes. That's a, that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, so sweetie. far, I feel like the I, I see my future weeks ahead of sitting in front of the TV, in my sweatpants, watching movies. <laughs> Well, that is what professional comics up. do. Yeah. I, just, I mean, this sounds great. <laughs> hey, some you know some of the people love. I mean, listen to their lives. I mean, not to tell because he's not normal, but like let's take like somebody like uh, like Sam Morell or somebody who's just you know making it big now. Kind of, he pretty much sits at home all day. You know, he sleeps, and then you know at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon he goes out. He works for about twenty minutes, and then he goes home. You know, I mean, that I mean, sounds amazing. I know, and you know, you get paid amazing. for it. He goes on the week, <laughs> but on the weekends, if you make it to the point that I assume you want to make it, you understand you're gonna have to leave that baby and your husband on the weekends, which is where your husband could use your help. Um, but he, he, you're gonna have to go away and travel. I know, but see, Barnaby loves traveling. That's your son. Yes. You no, you can't travel with your baby and to these likes, gigs. And then, like, he likes the. You know the flashy lights and stuff. Yeah, like, but the, but nobody's gonna want. He'll love Vegas. You're and not going to Vegas. <laughs> I'm talking about you're going to Topeka. That's where you're going to, and you're doing a weekend in the middle okay. of nowhere. That's what's in your future, unless for some reason you make some crazy YouTube video that's gonna skyrocket you to something else that we don't know yet. But mostly, you're going to Topeka. You're going to wherever nature lives now. You, you, there's a girl from our office who moved to Kansas. You, you go, well, right. you're, going, you're going to crap. You know? That's really exciting because that will be so different. It will be so different. Yes, I get the excitement factor, but what I'm saying is I don't think you're going to want to take your less than one-year-old kid around with you, and you're not going to take him to the clubs because everybody's going to be annoyed. <laughs> You know, unless your husband's coming with you, and then they're going to be annoyed that you have a husband. Understand, even in this world that we, this Harvey Weinstein world we live in now, you're get you're lucky that you're into this now because most guys are probably going to get it at some point. But you know, think about somebody like Sarah who, you know, didn't really go on the road that much. But somebody like her, these girls that we know, they have to almost pretend they don't have boyfriends or husbands 
because flirting is a very big part to get work. That that will be a little hard because I don't really have to. Do yeah, that. that's not your <laughs> style. Um, you're not like a flirtatious kind of person. But when I was telling you this yesterday, most of the girls that I know that do comedy and get gigs are very flirtatious. Now, now I think you're going to get, you're lucky, you're coming in at a good time where, you know, hopefully it won't come down to that because guys are learning more and they're going to be a little bit more th- thinking of before they act, you'd assume. But who knows what happens in the Midwest or whatever. But I'm saying they're not going to want you and your baby showing up, especially when you're middling, which means you're not headlining, you're not making a lot of money, you probably have to pay your own expenses out there. You're prepared for this? I'm just setting up the worst scenarios. That, that's... That. It's it's gonna be a challenge. That's for sure. you got nothing. I don't think you've prepared this at all. I mean, it's this is this is so weird. It's it's great. I mean, on the one but, hand, you're everybody's hero, you know. But on the other hand, it's just like she doesn't get what's coming. But 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 if you don't take a chance, when are you gonna? Well, I agree a hundred percent. But it's just but I agree. I all agree. I'm trying There's to point out to them, my audience uh, and to the you know, anybody that would take a chance doing this is that it, like you, you don't even have any material. I know. I'm like work- none. I'm, I'm working, I'm working on it. Are I'm you? On it. I'm trying Like how are you to... working on it? Do you go home and start writing stuff down? No, not yet. You just said you were working on okay, it. Well, See, all this is sketchy. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I, I'm putting, putting down bullet points when I think of things that are funny. All right, well. So, you know. Like, give me an example. Can you give us an example of a plan you might have for building a joke? Oh, Jesus. Okay, this is, that's really put it, that's putting me on the spot here. Well, you're going to be put on the spot. Look, for instance, that's true. Uh, a, a very that's important true. way to get gigs and get known in the business, you know, is, is doing a lot of people's podcasts. I mean, this is a good thing. Not mine so much, but if you I get asked to be on, you know, a very famous comedian's podcast or something, or one of, you know, somebody who's got a lot of listeners... You're going to be put on the spot. They're going to ask you questions. That's fair. What are you going to do? That's fair. You've got to show off. I know. You've got to have a good set. I mean, this one doesn't count because everybody knows you're just starting out and everything. But, you know, you're going to be expected to be like, oh, I saw you at the club. You were very funny. And I thought you'd be fun on the show. <sighs> like I said yes, this morning, you didn't know what a microphone was. I, or you didn't know there'd be one involved on I a podcast. Did, I was. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because like you know, when you, you turn on your iPhone and Siri talks to you, I thought you just like go on speakerphone or something. Oh, but okay. So here's here's I mean, an interesting story. <laughs> I'm just I, staring right at her. I'm like, <laughs> staring through her. I think. So okay, okay. Here, so I'll just I'll just tell you his experience I have using speakerphone. Okay. So one of the nice things about you know being. You know, and having my own office and being like using uh, having a phone, I can go on. I have to go on conference calls a lot, mm-hmm. and you know, when you go on conference calls, you can put it on a speakerphone, which is very convenient because then you can type and you can like look things up on the computer while you're doing it, and nobody like you know you can put yourself on mute, and no one can hear you, and so, so, so. Oh, sorry, that's Alexa. You said computer. <laughs> that's the keyword. Oh, it okay. ruined sorry. your. I'm sorry, my Alexa just ruined your. Your punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that is totally not but, my fault. But see, one of one of the one of the dangers about using speakerphone, right, is like that sometimes like things you things ha- like you don't you forget you're on speakerphone, and then like you know it it, it kind of backfires. So, for example, I was on a conference call once with a, a client and a partner, and like you know maybe one or two other people, and you know I wasn't seeing speaking any at all, so I was just kind of 
listening, but then, you know, kind of tuning out a little bit because I didn't have to do the speaking and whatnot. And I didn't put it on. I forgot to put it on mute. And I don't know. I, I was like, hey, you know what? My hands are dry. Better put some lotion on my hands. You know what is the bad thing to do? Is to put lotion on your hands while you're on speakerphone because, you know, you squirt the bottle out and all of a sudden it goes, <laughs> right? It sounded, it sounded terrible right on the phone. And then there was this really awkward, <laughs> awkward silence. <laughs> I wait for that to end. There was a very awkward silence, and there was like a time for you know someone to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, that was me," you know. But I didn't, because I figured, you know, no one knows who, no one knows who did it. So, so, so that was. I'm sitting, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm like, well, that's pretty funny. I could have crafted that better. Yeah, well, right. Of course, you'll get there. But I'm saying, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. But I think you have to tell it, um, you know, more where. I think it's got to be more maddening, you know, where I'm like, oh, my God, and I was on the phone, and and then all of a sudden I squirt out, you know, when you do those lotion, girls, you know what I'm talking about, like when you squirt out that lotion and it just makes that big <laughs> farting sound, it was so embarrassing. I, you know, like something like that where it's more that it did definitely happen to you because the way you were first saying it was just like, you know how when you're on speakerphone, you know, like whatever, like a, more of a make it personal, and that's me saying that I haven't done one personal material you know, ever. You know, I never talk about myself, which is why you never heard of me before. So I'm just trying to say this is what people tell me to do. But it's good. You were talking about yourself. Um, you'll figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'll figure it out. I mean, this is your first joke. Um, I, I think there's something terrible. there. No, I disagree. And who am I to judge anybody? You know, I stink. No, actually, David is very. I saw his show. We went. I went to go see his show. Oh, you went to see love, love actually. actually. It was so. Yeah, good. but you saw my stand up before the show. Everybody just mocks. No, which is funny in itself. Now, now I enjoy bombing. You know, it's fun. But that was at the very beginning too. Everyone's like just kind of like warming up. I did, I thought it was fine. I yeah, I, I, I know. And David's a very good singer. I was. That was shocking. <laughs> that was really. Shocking. Know, why is everybody shocked at that? Don't I look like I'd be a good singer? No, no I do not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. You're absolutely right. Um... All right, well, that's, you know, uh, you know, eh, got a plan. It's somewhat of All right, let me ask you a question. I, 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 I pulled up this uh, clip from The Odd Couple today. I, don't, I think I was thinking of it. Have you heard of The Odd Couple? Yes, that's with um, Walter, Walter Matthau. Oh, well, you're going old school. Okay, you're talking about the movie. Let's talk about the TV show. Oh, my. From the 80s? Like from the 70s. 70s. That's okay. Jack Klugman, Felix, uh, uh, Tony Randall. Anyway, it's a legendary classic comedy sitcom that was one of those things. If you're my age, you have to know all the lines. Every comedian my age worships that show. Okay. Because, uh, you know, back in the day, they didn't have sitcoms for, you know, they had lame ones. I mean, we all watched Happy Days and things like that, but this was like, like com a real comedy. You know, the lines were amazing. You know, this is the Dick Van Dyke show about, you know, a bunch of comedy writers shaped a lot of the comedians you know that are certainly, you know, in their 40s and 50s. So this show was, you know, not a popular show, but in syndication it became legendary. So there's this episode with this guy, David Steinberg. I don't think you've ever heard of him either. He's also a legendary stand-up. Uh, now he's a director. He directs a lot of the Curb Your Enthusiasms and things like that. He's very well respected in show business. I have heard of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I know. <laughs> and he, um, so it's funny because he has this scene where he goes, Felix, you come on my show tonight. He's always inviting everybody on the show. And that's why I felt like when I asked you to be on the show, why don't you come on my podcast? I felt like this guy, David Steinberg. Now, I'm going to play this clip for you, and I'm going to ask you why it's funny when we get to a certain scene. And I want to hear your answer of what 
makes this one particular part rather brilliant. Okay? No pressure. Well, no, no. There is no pressure because there's really no <laughs> wrong answer. Okay. But let's see. This is something... I'm just, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe I'm being too smarty or whatever. But, I, you know, for me... The, and we talk about this on my podcast all the time. For me, the fun is breaking down, you know, these brilliant lines and, you know, why they're so funny. Okay, you know, hit me, like hit that. me. Now so the anticipation is, the, is killing me. So the, Have you ever written a- the, the premise here is that Oscar, who's not a TV guy, is on this David Steinberg talk show and he, and he can't talk. He's having trouble. He's shy and he's not a comedian or anything. And his roommate who is annoying as shit has prompted him of what to say and then it turns out making fun of his roommate wins over the audience article and then decided against printing it (laughs) i'm just gonna move on in it so we can get to the part Going great now. Lies. I oh, okay. Oh, I just can't watch it. He's ruining everything I told him I do. Oh, come on, Felix, give him a chance. Felix is very, um, he's very well organized, isn't he, Oscar? You know, I, I noticed that he takes his used flash bulbs and he puts them, he puts them uh, back into the carton and he has them so neatly stacked. It's the same way at home. It's like living with a chipmunk. <laughs> See, now he's getting big laughs and he's like, oh, maybe I'll just keep making fun of Felix. That was good. And Felix is watching at home with his friend on TV. Uh-huh. It's nervous laughter. They, they smell his panicky. All right, now here's the line. He was the only American soldier during World War II to receive a medal from the German army. From the German army. Yeah, he was a prisoner of war, and the Nazis voted his camp the most hygienic. <laughs> He's going great now. Lies. I never accepted that medal. I threw it back in their faces. He's just a bigger. Now, do you know what makes that line one of the funniest? Like, when you're writing a script, why that is so funny? Why that one particular line where Oscar is saying, you know, he won a medal in World War II. The Germans gave him a medal because his camp was the most hygienic. That's not that funny, right? Yeah, I don't think so. No. But what's funny is that it turns out what makes it so funny is Felix says, lies, I never accepted that medal. I threw it back in their faces. And why that's funny is because it turns out it's true. You know, it's like you think Oscar's making it up. That's ridiculous. Why would the Germans give him the medal? And then they cut to Felix, and you're never expecting that it's Uh, true. He goes, oh, that's so stupid. But then it turns out it actually happened. happened. And that's what makes it so funny. And that's what made that whole show so funny. You're saying this ridiculous thing. And then it turns out, lies. I never accepted that medal. I threw it back in their faces. I got it. And that's what makes, like, that show so – and comedy writing – you know, so yeah. funny. You would never expect that that was actually true. Right, right, you right, know, right. It's so ridiculous. The right. Germans gave him a medal. You know, it's so stupid. <laughs> but then, you know, he counters <laughs> with it. I don't know. That's the kind of stuff that we like to talk about, you know. And, 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 and when you talk about comedy writing yeah. and the way you craft it. Yeah. You know, so that's like a thing that nobody's expecting to say. Yeah. You know, you're not expecting Felix to say that. 
you know, it's like a topper. Like, you know, uh, Jack Klugman says the line, and then Felix has this other line, which makes you laugh even harder. Right. And that's the kind of thing which, you know, when you're doing a routine, like about the, you know, the squirting of the lotion and the sound it makes, uh, then you need to hit them with something else. Yes. You know, and, and keep it going. Yeah. This is something I can't do either. So I, I, I'm just telling you, I know this is what you need to do. But now we got to find a person that's going to help you guide through it. This is, okay. You have the squirting, and then you're like, you know, like, maybe it's something, and then it went even crazier, like, I just decided to, you know, um, take off my pants, and I decided (laughs) I was going to, you know, like, uh, throw out my, whatever, I I, I don't know, you know, like, like, then you do something that doesn't make any sense, that you obviously didn't do, (laughs) but it just would be funny if you did do it, people can picture you doing it in the conference room. You know, then I decided I was just going to order a pizza and I just have some, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, I'm not making it better, but I'm saying these are the kind of jokes that, you know, that that you craft and that you'll get better by doing it and going out there. But I am worried about you. I know. <laughs> I know. This is t- this takes a lot of time I know. and a lot of hanging out and a lot of hanging out late night when you have a little itty bitty baby. He'll at be home. asleep. He'll be fine. Just saying, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look. I am so bad at mingling. Of, that is bad. That, I it, it, you have that, to mingle. Because the, the key to nowadays is that you end up, I told you this yesterday, sometimes you end up running a show. And then you put the people that run shows on your show, so they'll put you on their show that they run. I know. And sometimes that's how you get spots. I know. So mingling and socializing. I mean, you're not going to have any trouble making friends, but it is a hanging out period. And the best part about, the only reason I'm still involved in stand-up comedy is because the best part about being in that world in the 90s and meeting all these very funny people was the hangout and the going to the diner after and just laughing so hard. Now, I was lucky, and my friends were David Tell, Sarah Silverman, Louis C.K., John Stewart. I mean, these are the funniest people on the planet. And I was lucky enough to be with them and we'd go out and just have a blast and laugh for all hours of the night, whether it be at a bar or at a diner or wherever we were just out on the street hanging out, smoking cigarettes or whatever. I mean, that was the best part. I didn't like doing the stand-up. That wasn't for me. Those guys worship stand-up. But just the jokes after, and, you know, you get a lot of material from hanging out. Right. You know, one of your friends will be, like, if, if, when I'm a Sarah sometimes, she's like, you should do that. And I'm like, yeah, you can, you can, you maybe used to do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'll say something, I don't even know that it's funny, and she's like, oh, you should say it on stage. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, then I'd be talking about myself, people hate that. But meanwhile, I know I have to do that, <laughs> but I can't, I don't know why, I don't like talking about myself on stage. I'll talk about it with a stranger on the street, but for some reason on stage, I, 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 I'm very personal. Oh, I, I keep to myself. <laughs> Which is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. I was going to say. But the hangout is very important. Okay. So that's the question. Are you going to be able to do that? Uh, it's going to be tough. That's how you craft like yourself. People. Sarah Silverman <laughs> is a, a a mesh of of me and David Tell and, and the boys she met along the way and Kevin Brennan. The boys. And we're all like that. You know, we are, we're all the people, but it's with her, it was more because she was the only girl. You could definitely see it in her stand-up. You know, it's just, I'm not saying she's ripping anybody off or anything. It's just you get stuff from the people you hang around with. Uh-huh. So there's a tell in all of us, this guy David Tell, who you don't know, which is a travesty. Um, but there's, you know, that's how we all started, just doing his candor. You know, like the way yeah. he 
told the joke, we you can't help yourself. You know, you see your friends on stage and you would just get their, their cadence. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and then build it into your own, of course. But yeah, you know, and that, and, but it's very important to hang out and, you know, hopefully you hang out with the right people. You know, there's a lot of bad people out there. Uh, again, I was lucky enough to hang out with the best of the best, uh, which, you know, we just, I just knew those people were the best. And I would always get angry at people that sucked. You know, we couldn't <laughs> hang out with people that sucked. There was this girl I used to know and she was hanging around company, lovely girl. I enjoyed hanging out with her all the time. But I told her at one point, I said, if we're going to talk about stand-up comedy, we can't be friends anymore because you stink. Oh, no. And I had to tell her, I'm like, I'm sorry. I really love you very much. I enjoy hanging out. I like drinking with you. I like your company. But we cannot talk about comedy because you stink. Oh, and everybody God. knows who it is. I mean, I could say your name. They'd be like, oh, my God, he's right. <laughs> um, a lovely girl. But, you know, I just, we, did, we didn't, we couldn't be friends with somebody like that who, you know, because you want to, because the fun of hanging out is also talking about the business and talking about your dreams. I mean, now you're, you know, a little older, but like, you know, when you were 22, 23, oh, 24, old. it was like, um, you know, but it still never ends. I mean, we still do it, right, right. <laughs> you know, but it's different. Um, but it was all about like, you know, what I really want to do is, you know, I want to do stand up, but then I'd like to write, you know, yeah, for yeah, Conan yeah. or something like that. You know, it was always... You know, the dreams and the hopes and the hanging out was where you would talk about that with people who knew what you were going through. Yeah. And then you would, you know, maybe, you know, get some jokes along the way and maybe your friends would help or maybe they wouldn't. But um, that sounds like so much fun. It is fun and it was fun. And it's I, I still believe it's fun. You know, I still do the hang up, but I don't that do it with so the younger. Wonderful. I mean, sometimes I hang out with the younger kids. And I just say, I mean, I am an old man, so I can say the young, I, I hang out with the young kids. <laughs> It uh, sounds creepy. Well, it does sound <laughs> creepy, but no, I mean, you know, I hang out with a lot of younger comics um, in a good, healthy way. <laughs> and and that's fun, too. And we like to talk about the business and they sometimes they ask questions, <laughs> you know, and it is great. But there's still a lot of hanging out and there's a lot of camaraderie. And, you know, that is the best part yeah, for me. I, I hated so the stage fun. time. I was always hoping the show would be canceled. We could just all hang out and talk. <laughs> Sorry, that's my Alexa. She stinks. I got it. So wait, every time you say talk, no. She now she's hooking up to the computer for some reason. There's something wrong with my Wi-Fi. I've already called the the cable computer. No, doesn't. No, when you say computer, it turns on. You see, it turns blue. Computer, computer. No. Computer. It doesn't like me. Well, maybe it doesn't understand Asian women. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it is programmed to my voice, so I don't know. Um. I well, those fancy gizmos. Tana, let, let's, as long as we're here, um, now I, I usually bring up some news topics at the end, you know, stuff I like to talk about that I've seen in the news. Uh, now, this is a good forum okay. to see your take okay. on stuff and trying to make it okay. a little funny. Okay. Not, I'm not talking about jokes, like crafting jokes, but I'm talking about saying something that could be funny, like off the cuff, okay. about some of these topics. Okay. I haven't been following the news. I've been busy at work. I've been following the news. No, no, news. these news, you don't need to follow these news. I can explain it to you. Um, now, did you see the Golden Globes? I did. I love reward shows. Right. Well, I hate them. Why? So, well, I don't, sometimes I like them, but I don't like the Golden Globes. I, I just can't stand television awards. I don't know why, and I love but television, but not for me. <laughs> okay. There's a woman in the New York Post named Maureen Callahan, and she wrote how two-faced everybody was. This is a woman writing how two-faced all the women were at the Golden Globes. They all were wearing black. <coughs> They're all like into the Me Too oh, movement. Right. But she's saying they're two-faced, what? which was interesting for a woman to write this, 
um, because they never mentioned Rose McGowan, who started the whole thing. Mm. They never mentioned, and Ashley Judd and Selma Hayek were there. They never acknowledged them or said what bravery they were. They were just talking about how men suck and all this stuff, but they weren't mentioning the women that really took a hit and said, especially Rose McGowan, as crazy as she may be, I mean, she started the whole thing, and she was raped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't yeah, mention yeah. her name once? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with what she's talking about. I say that's crazy. Plus, I thought it was all two-faced to go and show black. I say, you want to make a statement, don't show up. You want to change the way everything is, don't show up to the awards. You can't wait to get your awards still. Don't, but you're getting awards for stuff you've done for men who are these kind of people, you know, until the changes. Now... Also, Seth Meyers has um, he was he had a couple of jokes. He says Harvey Weinstein can't be here tonight because of rumors. He's hard to work with. That's funny. And then he said, "But don't worry, he'll be back in twenty years when he becomes the first person ever booed in the mo- the in memoriam segment." Right. Now you find that funny? I did. You did or did not? I did. Well, they booed. Oh. So what the fuck kind of crowd is this? You know what I'm saying? Are you fucking kidding me? That's a hilarious joke. It was really funny. And this crowd is booing. Well, I guess they, it must be awkward for them. They used to work with the guy. I don't know. It's very... It they he also used to work at his... I mean, I for Meryl funny. Streep, it's awkward. Because she called the guy God at, a, at, a, at an award oh, show. She? Yes. So it's awkward for her. For everybody else, now they used to work with him, but they all know he's a bag of shit. Because right. all the women knew. Right, right, right. They all knew what was going on. But they're, So yes, it's awkward. But um, So that's a great joke. It was a good joke. So there you are. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's a bag of shit. And, and this guy says this... A great joke to put him down, saying we're going to laugh at, we're going to boo at him in his death. And they're like, boo, oh, that's, oh, now you've drawn the line. Did they boo? This guy raped I, actresses. I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. The fuck Wait. is the matter with people? <laughs> I thought, I didn't know they booed. I thought they, they booed. went, I thought they went, I thought they went, <gasps> like that. <gasps> like oh a, my God, it's shocking. I didn't right. think he would mention Harvey Weinstein. What a horrible crowd of people. What a horrible bunch of people these people are. These I, people you know are. what I was confused. I didn't. I did not realize that they were all wearing black because of like this. That was like the thing to you show didn't solidarity. No. So I was very so because I missed the red carpet. So then I was like, why did everyone wear black? Normally they think you would think at least one person would wear color. I had no idea until the next day, and I was like, oh, that's why. This is the kind of stuff you're gonna have to. You're gonna kind of have to follow the news. I mean, listen, I don't do any current stuff in my act at all all my stuff is from the 30s I know about the me too. I but i mean it's the kind of stuff black. i know but you need to you need to follow that kind of stuff because you might have to use it in your comedy I at know, some point I know, I know. um i know you figured it out later but it's kind of odd that you didn't know it was kind of a they made a very big deal that all the actresses what, what are you doing that you're not that you didn't know you know i know i mean it was pretty much they said everybody's gonna wear black because I, you I know it was stated that. way before <sighs> Um, it's, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm <laughs> testing you. I'm giving you shit because I, because it's just such a weird situation. Uh, also, one other thing, Tanya Harding was invited as a guest. I saw that. Crazy, right? It was crazy. She says, this woman who wrote this article, so here's the two-faced again. This is a woman who the FBI concluded was a real-life perpetrator of female-on-female crime, and now she's a feminist hero. Yeah, that's it. Was isn't I don't know like what the movie's about, but the movie at least the, you don't the, know what the movie's about. The, well, the clip of the movie. Well, it's about Tony Harding, but the wait, wait, clip wait, wait, of wait, the wait, movie. Wait, let's back up. This is like important very, stuff. Huh? You don't know the story of Tanya Harding. No, no, no. I know the story. I know the story. I'm saying I haven't like. It seems 
very unflattering, the movie, oh, right? Oh, it, it's funny that you say that because it's actually very flattering. Is it? Yeah, it turns out they made her a hero in the movie. No. You know, yeah, but no, the they took... the clip that they showed made her look like crazy. And then I was like, why would they make yeah, her look Yeah, but they apparently, in the movie, and I think this is Margot Robbie's doing, they, they have a backstory to why she's crazy and then you feel for her. And that's why she was invited and has this new resurgence and might be on Dancing with the Stars because everybody no. for 20 years thought she was a lunatic, right. pioneered the entire thing herself, but there's a big backstory to her mother abusing her oh. and her uh, boyfriend abusing her. I mean, physically abusing. Oh. And then all of a sudden you start like, oh, well, maybe there's a pieces of the puzzle come to, you know, why this might have happened and how she could get caught up in it. And yeah. then all of a sudden... The movie changes its complex, you know. Oh. So, interesting, right? That is interesting. Um, oh, so uh, last week I was talking about this woman. Her name is Jacqueline Kent Cook. She is a socialite daughter of the guy that used to own the Washington Redskins. Now, last week at the restaurant near your house, Caravaggio, no, um, she and her boyfriend, she was drunk, she was really pretty, and her boyfriend were at the restaurant, and so was this lawyer, his wife, his mother, and four of his daughters, or his four daughters. And they were waiting on line at the coat check, and this girl, Jacqueline Kent Cook, just goes, um, hurry up, Jew, <gasps> <laughs> no. to the guy's mother. And we talked about it last week, because I was just like, you know, I understand when people say that, and I don't really, you know, I mean, it bothers me, and uh, it depends on the situation, if they're drunk, whatever, just sometimes you let it go. But if somebody said that to my mother, I'd be furious. I can't believe on the Upper East Side, yeah, too. Yeah, right. Really, wow. So this girl <laughs> is a mess. She's gone to Christian. I think she's representing herself. She's out of her mind. But this week, like yesterday, now she's saying, she goes, no, 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 I didn't say hurry up Jew. I said, let me through. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> She's like trying to change up. Goes, oh, and by the way, I'm actually 25% Jewish, so I would never say that. No. Yeah, she's backtracking big time. Meanwhile, her no. b- boyfriend, for some reason, said to the girls, hey, have a nice bat mitzvah. No. Yeah, they're crazy people. But it's so classic. What's better than you know an anti-Semite or somebody who's so racist going like, no, no I'm actually 25%. Plus, I said, can I get through? You must have heard different. It's like the other day I said, I hate you because you're black. I said, no, I hate my back. It's a little hairy. And I want to get it waxed. That's what I, you must have heard completely wrong. I hate black. I said, I hate back. I hate sitting in the back seat of a car. You heard wrong. Well, that's, that's, that's ballsy for her to try. I mean, you Oh, yeah, no, it's brilliant. That's what I would do. (laughs) It's really ballsy. I can't believe she did that on the Upper East Side. No, on left. the Upper East Side. That's why, like, why does she even live here? Right, right. Yeah, wow. she's. Uh, so now people are telling her online. You know, uh, they're sending her message saying she should kill herself and she never should have been born. What do they expect? What, you know, what, they, what is she expecting is going to happen? Like, right. It's like right. in Blazing Saddles. Like, hello, come in, marry my daughter. <laughs> Up yours, nigger. Remember then the movie? He's just like, and then they just cut. <laughs> he's, he's like going out. What a beautiful day! And that old woman goes, "Up yours, nigger." He's like, "Howdy, man!" And then they just cut to him sitting there, sad. And Gene oh. Wilder's like, "What did you expect?" <laughs> Come in, marry my daughter. These are simple people. I mean, that is such brilliant comedy. He's going out pretty much going like, what a beautiful day. Hello, ma'am. Up yours, nigger. I mean, that's what made the movie so brilliant. 
an old lady saying that in 1975 in a comedy using the N-word. They use the N-word so much in that movie. It was crazy. It's unbelievable. It was and you know what the worst part is? Let me ask you your take on this. You watch it on uh, AMC, American Movie Classics. They cut out the N-word when it's used. Oh, really? I, I, you know what? I saw it. They, they played it in like one of, at Brian Park. At one of the, um, you know. The, Did when they, they cut out the N-word? No, they left All it. All right, in. see, there you I go. Like, but wow, but I was really impressed. When you cut it out, you're, you're missing the point of how powerful it is to send a, the right message. <laughs> you know, in the movie, in the saying of showing how, how prejudice is... Y- 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 the way Mel Brooks does it in the movie is the correct way to show racism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the way it was and, and how well, important right. it is. And then if you cut it and you tamper with his movie, it, you're giving the wrong message. Yeah. Or you're sitting there and you see it the first time, like, why do they keep cutting out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think it's important to have the N-word in there because that's what makes it so powerful? Right, 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 right. That's interesting, huh? Yeah. Huh. They do it a lot, and it's really frustrating because you either, either show the movie or don't. Right, right, then right. Then don't right. show the movie as an American movie classic if you feel it's not classic enough to keep in its entirety. <laughs> David's really getting angry now. Well, this is what I do. You should be angry, too. I, I, you said to me that you want to do comedy about getting angry about things. That's true. I do get really angry. now you're angry. making fun of me of getting angry and getting passionate about something, and now you're mocking me, which is funny in itself. <laughs> but I'm saying, you, now you just, get, you just said, I do. I want to get angry. Now you started getting angry. That's, tr- that's fair. What that's makes fair. you angry? Oh, my gosh. Like everything. Well, how about I work an example? At a law, I work at a law firm. <laughs> everything makes me angry. Well, it's just so what's an example at the law firm that I made you so angry I, that you actually needed to quit? I'm still working there. I can't. <laughs> All right, well, what's something else in your life that makes you angry? Because, Tana, you seem like a delightful person. Oh, thank The you. fact that you get angry could be your hook. Oh. You come on stage, nobody's going to hate you. That's Unless true. they hate Asian people, which happens. <laughs> Not bloody no, likely anymore. I feel, but <laughs> I feel like people like Harvey. People, like, people get mad at other people, but... Yeah, they don't like black people and they don't like Jews. But Asian people seem to be, they're okay. You know, we're doctors. We help people. We <laughs> they do came to this problems. country and they did very well for themselves. <laughs> uh, yes, and you can solve mouth problems. That's good. But um, yeah, that's the thing. So you have a chance on stage where people are going to give you a chance. You know, for me, when I first started out, a lot of times I didn't get a chance because, like, oh, this guy's Jewish. I would hear them. Oh, this guy's Jewish. I had to get my nose done because I thought that would help, but it does not. Did um, you get your I nose done? I just do Jewy things. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, early on, because I remember you get on stage like, oh, this guy's Jewish. Really? Yeah, I was terrified. So is it, what, shorter now? Sh- now is it shorter? I- yeah, they <laughs> took off. It was bigger. Wow. Well, the guy said when I went to him, I, I can't believe, you know, I don't keep it a secret. And the guy, when I went to him, uh, the story is I was on this TV show and my grandmother in Florida saw it. And she was the one that I said, what do you think of the show? She goes, I think we have some money put aside and you should get your nose done. No. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I didn't even think about it until she said it. And then I couldn't take my eyes off my nose. I would see it in the mirror. I'd see it on the subway cars when they'd close. And I would stand back. I'm like, my nose is so huge. It's going to get caught in the doors. You know. So the doctor said, it's not that your nose is big, but you don't have a chin. So he gave me a chin. And he took off the nose. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I had only gone in for a tummy tuck that day, and that's why it's so weird that that happened. I'm kidding. What is the matter with you? If you could see her eyes, she thought that was completely <laughs> real. You think at 22 I'm going to go in for a tummy tuck? I don't know. You get me. I don't even think they had it back. 
Well, that's different. <laughs> You've got a manicure. I've been getting manicure since I was 13. I got one for my bar mitzvah. <laughs> well, see, my mother bought me to the nail clinic, and then I got one for the prom with this other gay kid. <laughs> other gay kid. I can't believe I just said that. I just walked right into that. Um, it's funny because I got a manicure for my niece last week, and, and I'm like, oh. She's like, isn't this a little gay for guys? And I'm like, oh, I've been getting manicure since I was 13. Meanwhile, her unmarried uncle at 50 is like, oh, please. I've been getting like another piece of the puzzle. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to judge. Oh, I don't care. Um, at this point, you know, at, at this point, I just assume everybody thinks I'm gay. You know, when you're over 50 and you have a cat, you know, thank you for, by the way, when we walked in, like, where's your cat? <laughs> Not knowing she's dead and. The pain I've been going through. Do you know I still walk in the door and keep thinking I'm going to see her. I miss her so much. There's also a relief sometimes with her. She's here. I I don't have to rush home. I never have to rush home for a cat anyway, but I'm like, I just don't have to get home because I'm like, I don't have to. I know she's not going to be lonely. There's a relief to it, too, not having a pet. Oh, I've always, I've always wanted a, a cat or a dog. I no, wanted to get both. No, no. And they'll be friends. Kid, like kid. In the, like the you listen to me and journey. you listen to me good. You already got a baby and you're planning on doing stand-up comedy. You cannot get an animal right now, okay? Yes, yes, oh, yes. That, Jesus that, Christ. That is fair. That is fair. I was going to kill you if I find out you get a pet. You, you have too much going on. I, I, that, that, is, that is true. That is true. The ironic thing is you're probably going to have time for a pet because, you know, you will have your afternoons free. So, <laughs> and then your husband can take care of it at home. But I don't think your husband is going to want to take care of a baby and a dog. That, that's that's I, I, I think you've put enough burden on your husband already. I know. <laughs> he, has, he has insomnia now. He can't He's going to be a classic when it's like um, snowing and raining. And then he'd be like, honey, didn't you walk the dog? And they're like, well, I thought you were going to do it. I'm writing my comedy bit. <laughs> Hello. Now walk the goddamn dog. But you know what? <laughs> I, I, I have been supporting this family for a while now, so I think it's only time for someone else to pull his weight. Now that's the stuff people Isn't can wrap right? their heads around it's, it's if you true. said that to us it's true. at the firm. We, that makes sense. So a lot of, I, my theory is you just didn't want to work anymore and you want to be a housewife. Lack of a better term, uh, you that, know, but that would be that would be awesome. Oh, but I can, but, but I that's, you just decided you don't want to work anymore. That happens a lot. There's a lot of women who don't work. And they take care of the kids. Oh, but see, I can't. That's that's the problem. I can't. I can't just take it. If I just had to take care, I mean, I love I love my baby more than life itself. I do love him. You don't have to say that now that you're a comedian. But because nobody. If I him. had to like <laughs> spend all day with him, I just go nuts. You know, it's just really well. Difficult. That's norm. That's motherhood. Oh. <laughs> At least it wasn't the 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about now. I know. I feel terrible. And I'm on that, like, there's, like, a, a Facebook group, right? But you side mamas. And I, see, <laughs> and I see all these posts, and I'm like, oh, oh a does, terrible uh, mom. Does that Karen Burgreen do that? Do you know her? No, I have no oh, idea. Because her kids, I guess, are a little older. I have no idea. She's a comedian and a mother. Oh, really? And uh, I think she, like, might have organized one of those. Oh, really? Yeah, very nice. It's very woman. helpful because, like, you go on, you have, they, everyone has, like, all these tips and everything. But I also feel bad because, like, I'm like... Sometimes I worry that like they're gonna post a picture of me. You know, sometimes they post a pic like stuff about like oh this na- this person you know this nanny doing their was like with their baby and you you know whoever's nanny that is contacting me immediately because like she's a terrible nanny. Oh, no. I'm always worried that they're gonna <laughs> post a picture. It's gonna be me. Oh god! <laughs> like that person's a terrible. I'm like <laughs> oh, I'm a mom, <laughs> a terrible mom. But I try, I try, I try. You know, he's still alive, so that's who the baby. <laughs> well, see, well, you know what? If you're gonna do that in comedy. That'll be good. <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. He seems and that's happy edgy. enough. He seems that's happy. a funny bit. You know, and, and honestly, I feel like 
Otherwise, he's going to grow up and be entitled. You know, we got to, he's, I'm already getting him like, you know, because like, they're like, oh, you can't feed him. Like, you know, you have to be organic fruits and vegetables because otherwise it's pesticides. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but so he's gotten used to that type of stuff. And I'm like, nope, Barnaby, you have to like, we're, we're going to have to cut back. You have to, you know, you have got to have to eat like pesticides like the rest of us. And it's gonna, it's, that's just how it's going to be. You know, you have to stop using so many diapers. He uses so many diapers. It's like really, it's really frustrating. I'm letting you go because this is very funny no, stuff. No, it's really frustrating. <laughs> this is good. But like, uh, this is good. It's oh. edgy because you're making fun of your baby and that's funny. <laughs> no, I feel terrible. This is no, be. no, this I'm gonna is get good stuff. Social services is going to call No, them. this is good. This is the kind of material you need to be doing. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Every morning. Every morning, like, I, you, know, he, you know, he sleeps and then I have to like change him in the morning and it's like, okay. But lately, he's been doing this thing where he will only poop in a clean diaper. Wait, are you talking about me or him? <sighs> Hopefully oh him. God. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on over there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very annoying because then it's like, you know, I change him, and then five minutes later, he poops, and I have to change him all over again. I have to do the whole process. All I've done too. I take off his clothes. I have to do b- b- Vaseline on it. It's a whole thing. And I'm just like, why don't you poop in the wet diaper? Why don't I have to do two <laughs> diapers? Like, and then so sometimes I just wait. I'll wait for a while. I'll wait like an hour or two after like he wakes up and be like, okay, I, like you know, come on, keep going. Like you know, I wait and I sniff him all the time. I'm like how? Co-? But it never happens. It's only after I put on a clean diaper. Well, and he's always wasting. It's like well, can twenty-five you blame cents That's exactly a what I would do. It's like twenty-five. Who wouldn't want to go in a clean diaper? It's like when I used to clean my What's cat's litter difference? box. She couldn't wait to go in a clean litter box. It's just, it's just really. F- it's like and the carbon foot. I'm telling him. Wait, like, you want to go in a? Do, like do you want to? Make a dump in the toilet when there's already a duty in there? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't blame the kid. That's just, thank God. Thank God he's, he wants a clean diaper. <laughs> be pretty weird. You know, I mean, what's I, d- more disgusting than there's already, like, when you go to those porta potties? That's, that's, I, that's <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I don't know. It's frustrating. <laughs> uh, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about today. Well, there's two things, actually. Um, yeah, let me play for you now. Um, this is classic. There's the guy that I've been playing this guy um, for years from this movie, The Blind Side. Have you ever seen that movie with Sandra Bullock? Yeah. And this guy is a football coach, and he always says this, and I always do this line because I think it's really funny. Mike, do you love barbecue? I'll tell you what, Mike. You can go to a gas station and get the best barbecue you ever got in your life. It's a wonderful place to live, fried catfish, all the good food that we love to eat, and it's not good for us as football players. You're going to have it there, Mike, I promise you. His name is Ed Orgeron, and he was the coach at, I think, Ole Miss, where Big Mike ended up going. But he's trying to recruit him, and he's saying, like, and that was always my favorite line because it sounds so delicious. And the way he talks, it just sounds like he loves barbecue. He goes, Mike, you can go to gas station. You're going to have the best ribs. Yeah. You know, like the way he talks. I always liked it. It sounded delicious. So then I found, uh, he te- now he coaches LSU, and it was really funny seeing him actually live, not in the movie, with the same voice. It seems what like a performance. Who I'll coach and I'll play tonight. That's the bottom line. And, uh, gotta keep this team together. Uh, they're hurting in there. It, it's just so it? funny because it's the you know, it's the real guy. Right. Like I guess I thought it was an actor and I didn't know he was a real coach. So but he's a real coach. So I just like the way he talks. But the best is that on New Year's Day, I think, LSU did they play Notre Dame or Auburn, maybe? And um, they lost. And he had a press conference. And 
then he talked about this. I know it's been 10 years. Is there anybody there that you still talk to that's in the administration or just at the school at all? Is there any connection? You know, I used to stop at the uh, Exxon and get a chicken on a stick. And it was fantastic. And I hope that cook is still there and I can stop and say hello to her. That's about all I remember. This is in Oxford? Yeah. Exxon. Chicken on a stick. How, how, it was <laughs> phenomenal. Good, good chicken on a stick. Best I ever had. <laughs> That is a coach's press conference, which is hilarious. Obviously, this guy's hilarious, but he can't stop talking about gas station food, which makes me so happy. I don't know. He's obsessed with gas station food. Remember, that first one's from a movie. Which means he must have written that. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. That's not that it's couldn't not be because of right. He's not acting. acting. That's just the talking. thing. So it's like he must have written like, can you tell us some stuff? He's like, yeah, I could do the thing where I say there's a gas station that has amazing barbecue. Now I want to go to that gas station. This gas station's got a maybe barbecue. It's got chicken on a stick. He goes, well, I'd like to see the cook again and say, boy, you're fantastic. At, a, at an Exxon station, he's saying. I mean, how funny is that? This guy, he cracks me up. I play him on the podcast all the time. I just can't believe he's real. You know, he just seems like a character in a movie. So it always makes me laugh. Um, now, last week, uh, now last week I was talking about that woman at our office who died. Uh, this girl, Bonnie. Um, she was our CEO. I said CEO. And the reason why it's just funny, and this is the kind of comedy, you know, like that's, uh, you know, that's edgy, but it's funny is, is that she was going to make us, you know, work weekends. She was going to ruin my life at the firm. Everybody who listens to my podcast know I got it pretty easy there. I don't have that much to do. I get what needs to be done, done. And then nobody bothers me. I, I have I free time. You. I have free time. <laughs> um, but this woman was going to change all that, make me work on the weekends. She was going to, she had a lot of ideas that nobody appreciated. And, um, and, the, and uh, we were like, we got to get rid of her. I told this story last week. And then, and then she, she died last week. <laughs> like, it was like, well, you know, it's like that Seinfeld episode where George's wife dies. You know, he's like, <laughs> how am I going to get out of this wedding? And then she dies. And they're like, hey, what can I tell you? You know, it's very confusing because you want to be like, oh, no. And then what you first do. And then a week later, you're like, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's weird, right? So anyway, I was talking about this woman, Sue Grafton. Do you know who she is? It's okay if you don't. She She's a, she that's right. A is for something. That's like exactly that. right. She writes A is for alibi or P is for pen, V is for vagina. I don't know what she does. She's a mystery writer. Died last week after her book came out entitled Why is for Yesterday. Do you see where I'm going? That's wow. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What? I mean, why is for, I mean, it seems like, it seems like it's almost, it's it's a little bit, you know. What I'm waiting. I'm. What do you? What? It's 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 it's. It seems just like foreboding. What's the word? Like uh, like she knew it was coming. Oh no. What? It's the opposite. <laughs> no, she never made it to Z. That's oh. the, what I'm saying. <laughs> she her last oh. book was Y. She had one more book left, oh, and that, she died. Oh, I didn't see that. Isn't that messed up? That's too bad. I know. She had one more book left. She almost made it. She almost made it. God sucks. That's so cruel. How old was she? 77. Oh. I know, but I'm just saying. One more. I mean, that's so cruel. 
That's really sad. And also that's hilarious. Weird. That's hilarious because the other point is, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Except her and her family. You know, like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, she had one more book left. Oh, crap. You know, <laughs> I don't know. That's the way I look at it, you know. So, what, anyway, we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the Moody Blues are being inducted this year, long overdue. It's okay if you don't know who they are. Um, they're great. And this is uh, one of their songs, which is legendary. This is one of my favorite songs, like, ever. Never heard of it? It's okay. It's great. It's called Gemini Dream. It's really, really good. <laughs> Nothing. I never heard the song, huh? No. That it's fun, though. Yeah. Long time, no see. Short time for you and me. So far, so good. We're on the road. I can do we would. First night. I love it. It's so energetic. Yeah, it's great, right? They've been writing music since the 60s. I think this came out in the late 70s, early 80s. It's so happy. Yeah. Well, it's funny because their first song, which I don't like and I won't play, is called Nights in White Satin. Maybe you've heard it. Nights in White Satin. It's like very druggy and very trippy. (laughs) So for them to do that, it's like, you know, funny that that's what I like. Uh, Also, this one, which is really good, too. It's really fun. Like it starts. All their stuff was very trippy. Their album covers were trippy, you know, but they, they were they became a lot of fun later from the trippiness and you know, hippie stuff that they were doing. Oh, yeah, this sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, but it gets fun. It's a classic. She was like 1980-81. All their songs start like this. Really? And then they pick up. <laughs> you never see it coming. <laughs> they totally deserve, deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Never heard it though, huh? No. Fascinating. So maybe you've heard they, some of their earlier stuff. I'm just wondering if you've heard it now, because now I'm more fascinated. Have you ever heard this one? This is a classic from earlier on. Classical rock. You might hear it in like bars, you know, with a jukebox. <laughs> wow. Like, this is from the 70s, obviously. Well, they've been around for like 30, 40 years now, but I mean... Are they still alive? That's, uh, <laughs> that's the part I was getting to. Oh, they're dead? No. 
uh, one of the guys, uh, Ray Thomas, just died like yesterday. <laughs> They're being in- inducted into the Hall of Fame in two months. He almost oh, no. made it. Oh, he just died. Oh. They announced that they were getting inducted, and then he died. Oh, but at least well, he found out they were going to get in, but he doesn't get to go died. to the ceremony and play because he's dead. That, that is that is real. Oh God, that's really sad. Sad, absolutely. But at least he found but out beforehand. That's it's funny of the trilogy I just put toward for you know like how it's you know, you're taking death, death yeah. and, but yet it's kind of hilarious. In, 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 in a sick, twisted way that, you know, the way I'm setting it up is funny because I'm like, oh, well, he died just before he found out. You know, and that woman just, one book <laughs> left, you know. I mean, it's just kind of funny ways to look at death and how they affect others. <laughs> you know, like how, like, if I don't know them, there's also a funny side to the fact that, oh, he almost made it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel bad, but uh, I don't know him. You know. <laughs> But uh, that's the way I, I told a story last week, which was um, really sick, about um, 9-11. And now there was a company called Brown Harris Stevens. You've probably heard of them before. And a lot of them perished yeah. in 9-11. And sad for some. For me, they were taking away my dad's pension just to be dicks. Oh, uh, That's what they were asked to do by Warnico, the company he worked for. And they were trying to steal his pension. And then they died in 9-11. So it's one of those twists. It is a twist. Where I'm like, oh, no, 9-11. And then you find out later, like, oh, that's right. Those guys were in there. <laughs> oh, well. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> it's like confusing. It is, it is confusing. It is. There's no confusing about the fact that there's a, there was 95% excellent people in there that shouldn't have died. But we never think about the 5% who suck. <laughs> Who were mean and nasty people and doing mean things money-wise, financially, whether it is, or, or taking your home away because you don't have your mortgage ready. Those kind of people. Uh, I've also, in also saying this last week, I was talking about like, I, you know, they never talk about what Hitler did with the transportation system in Germany that still runs to this day. <laughs> they never talk about, you know, they always reflect on the bad he did. <laughs> because that's basically what I'm saying by saying this, which is... Sick. <laughs> you know, when you put it that way, I'm like, this way. is what I sound like while well, I'm saying this right now. I might as well just say, you know, you know, they don't talk to that guy who shot up all those people in Vegas. They don't talk about, like, you know, he got his, he got his hotel bill that night, and they never talk about that. <laughs> I, know. I mean, that's stupid, but uh, anyway, these guys, uh, the Moody Blues, this is one other song that I, uh, I it, it was, it's their worst song, but I loved it when I was like in high school because it was, or college, whenever it came out, because it, it moved and it was fun, and uh, but all their songs I told you they start off like this oh, yeah, and then they pick up. Really weird. And this is sound. one of their worst songs, but you know Dave Jessica liked it when he was in the car driving. You know, <laughs> it's stupid and, and it's and it's all eighty going all the way back to 1983. Here's the Money Blues and sitting at the wheel. Doesn't it just sound like it's totally eighties, right? This is just all 80s, and I guess that's why I like it's it. It's great. Well, it's really not. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I guarantee they will not play this at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It reminds me of like ABBA, like that. Yeah, like, that's you know? probably why I like it. You know, it. It does have that like dancey, that epic 
fun feel to it. Right, right, yeah, right. which ABBA songs are. Right. Sitting at the wheel. Don't let the river run dry. It's so horrible. <laughs> I just remember it like when it came out. I'm like, this is awesome! <laughs> Even though I kind of knew it wasn't good then. What about this one? This is one of their, another classic, like, you know, a really early classic that shaped them. That Remember I told you they started off in they a different all way. They always start yeah. off like this differently. Well, they're out of their minds. They're so high on acid, they don't know what day it is. But they had a big resurgence in the 80s, you know. Okay. I'm just a warming on the face of this cup. Now? Were you born in America? I was. I, was <laughs> I, I wasn't born, being a. I was born, but, but, but I was born in 1980. So, so I was. Well, that's okay. No, I totally understand that you wouldn't know this song. But well, listen, this this one of these songs came out before I was born. You know, I mean, you know, but sometimes you go back to the catalog. Admittedly, though, I don't. I mean, I, I, my favorite music was back in the 90s, so I really like sure. the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. Yes, but what I'm saying, yes, and I get that, but at some point, don't you ever listen to stuff before you were born? Yes, yes. For me, I don't go back, there aren't many movies I care to see that were made before I was born. I think most movies suck, you know, before 1970, they're just all horrible and unwatchable. Um... So it's such a great time to live in. They make such good movies now, you know? Like, growing up in the 80s would be so much fun because... Or growing up in the 2000s because you get to see Back to the Future and stuff. Stuff they just... They had so much crap when I was born. It was horrible. <laughs> you know, stuff just doesn't... You know, besides The Wizard of Oz, everything sucked. But with music, you know, I, I don't you ever go back and just listen to stuff? You listen to The Beatles? Yes. Beatles. Oh, I, listen to the but I, sh- I should go back more and listen to like more old stuff, older stuff. This is uh, sometimes I play this clip because it's so funny. It's so '80s. It's from Scarface, but you know, yeah. But it's just I play it all the time in the podcast because it's the epitome of what an '80s song is. It's bad, <laughs> you know, with just keyboards and 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 horrible singing. You know, the the high pitch like to push it to the limit. It sounds like something they'd make fun of in South Park. You know? This is a, the quintessential 80s montage movie soundtrack where there's a montage of something. This is the quintessential sound of the 80s. It is. That's true. Of no return. Reach the top, but still you got to push it to the limit. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? It's funny because when you think of like a, a thing like Scarface, you think of, boy, that's a classic movie, like Goodfellas or The Godfather, but there's that song in it. And I cannot picture that song being in The Godfather. I can, yeah. <laughs> you know, or even Goodfellas. Yeah. And it's funny that this classic movie, but I guess it's classic in a different way, is, um, you know, has songs like that. But yeah. it was made in the 80s, and therein lies the flaw <laughs> to this <laughs> classic, um, you know, movie. Anyway... Um, I believe that's all we have to say today. Thank you so much for Did you have a good time? I, I, it was nerve-wracking, and this microphone still like puzzled me. But otherwise, uh, You know, if you're saying that the microphone is puzzling <laughs> you, we have a problem. 
You understand, as a I, comedian, there I still don't. isn't technology which just lets us talk normally without a microphone. That's a very strange statement to say that you said this morning. It's <laughs> funny that we are bookending the show on the fact that you're afraid of a microphone. <laughs> you're gonna, your new Facebook picture is going to be you with a microphone. Every female comic has a pic. That's when you know they stink. They put a picture of them with the microphone because they're trying to tell everybody, look, I'm a comic. Don't do that. Every female comic on Facebook has a picture of them with a microphone. And if the boys do, it means they stink too. If you have to shove in your face that you are a comic, then you stink. Now I'm going to get a lot of, uh, you know, bad press for that, but (laughs) I don't care. You know, we get it. You know, it's like, it's like, don't put on Facebook that you love your son more than anything in the whole world. We get it. And we don't need to know that. Keep that to yourself, your son and your husband. Oh my God. I love my husband of 20 years. I can't even believe we're still together. Keep it to yourself. I hear that. I don't give a shit. <laughs> my sister and I always say, if somebody's writing that, there's trouble in paradise. That's very true. If you true. need to it's tell the world true. that. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. I agree with that. It should be 100%. your own personal stuff. If you get on stage, it's so funny. If you're like, look, I'm not a great mother, but my kid's still alive, so you're welcome. <laughs> That's really funny when you said that, you know? Really funny. Well, baby steps. Baby steps, right? I'm going to end with this song again, as I did last week. It's that Moody Blues one okay. that you hate. No, no, you like it. Wait, was, it, it was it one of the like five that you played? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. This is going to be our end of, end, ending song this evening. We're wrapping up. This was stressful. So, Tana, in a month you quit for good. Yeah. And then, Freedom. let's just say your first day of not working at the firm, mm-hmm. your first Monday at home, is the plan to sit down and write stand-up comedy. No, 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 no. You're going to take some time off. No, no, no. My first plan. I told you. I'm, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch a bunch of movies. Okay. That I should be watching a bunch of comedy movies. now people movies. are just jealous. I, it's going to be great. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm going to sit in my pajamas and I'm going to eat string cheese. Well, <laughs> I'm going to give you a list of movies that you must watch. Oh, and then we can talk about the to movies. To do the history of, about to, to, to develop your history of comedy, a background. And then um, we should talk to, uh, you know, a younger comic to see... What shapes them nowadays? That'd be great. You know, I'll give you the background of a couple of movies like Spinal Tap, which is the most important movie to see first. That's yes, okay, okay. This is Spinal Tap, is a brilliant comedy movie. It's not just a brilliant movie; it's one of the greatest comedies of all time. Because first of all, a lot of it's improvised, which is a miracle. Like Larry David Show, like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm not sure how much of the script there was. These guys also wrote fake songs. They're also doing fake British accents. But in doing all of this, they somehow depicted what every band in the planet in a must-see movie has to watch because it's completely realistic of what it's like touring in a band. And this is a classic comedy. What it's like being in the back of the arena and not being able to get to the stage when their album comes out. It's all this stuff that all these bands used to say, well, it's very much like Spinal Tap. It's like a comedy Bible of not just music, but also performing and just comedy and well-written comedy and well-crafted characters and the first, one of the first mockumentaries ever made. Like it's in documentary style, which everybody does now. The Office, all that kind of stuff. Right, 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 not right. exist without This is Spinal Tap. Made and directed by Rob Reiner, his first directorial film. And then he would go on to do, uh, you know... The American President and 
uh, the, what's the one with uh, Dorothy, uh, Kathy Bates, and James Caan, uh, the Stephen King movie, uh, where she, he's a writer. Oh, and she, the, yeah, the yeah, axe, the axe. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, what is that? I can't remember. Melissa, no, uh, it's, uh, misery. 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 Right, so he would go on to do great things. A uh, few good men, you know, but this is his first. Oh. It's classic comedy. And Princess Bride. Oh, okay. I've seen that. So, yeah, well, there's a lot to talk about. Tana, thank you for being a lovely guest. Thank you. Thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for the This coffee. is my podcast. I talk. My guests don't talk. <laughs> but you did good. You held your own. I think we all have hope for your career. I'm absolutely never going to say this is never going to happen. <laughs> and, I'm, and we're all rooting for you. And we're all very jealous that you're able to do this, even though you are taking a financial hit. It's very ballsy and awesome. <laughs> so congratulations. Thank you. And good luck. And I'll see everybody next week with David Tell and Gilbert Godfrey. Can you fucking believe it? I'll see everybody next week on The Nightfly with Dave Dreskow. <laughs>